Life Jesus. Welcome back, bitches. It's Big Cinnamon. I know, it's been a while. It's been a while, but with the Thanksgiving holiday coming up and you being stuck in traffic, I felt like it was a great day, a great time here to bring back the Nor'easter Sportscast. And I'm your host here, Keith, Big Cinnamon Piper, coming at you here. Um, format of the show is kind of a hodgepodge of a lot of stuff. Uh, we'll be getting, uh, touching first here on the NBA, getting to a little college football, and then, of course, ending up with some NFL talk. Uh, before uh, we start, I would like to thank the sponsor, uh, Pop Bear, kind of healthy nut butters, uh, free range, wild caught, cage-free nut butter. Um, and shout out to the Guinness World Record holder of Papa Bear, most peanut butter and jelly sandwiches ate in three minutes. So shout out to Papa Bear for being the record holder. A little slice of 15 minutes of fame and famous heaven here uh, for Papa Bear. So I'm proud that he uh, brought the hardware home. And everybody, go over to ilovepapabear.com and get yourself some kind of healthy nut butter. So as we are here in the second to last week of November... Uh, I think it would be a great time to touch base a little bit on the NBA before we get into some football talk. So, you know, we'll first start with the Celtics because uh, I'm currently in Celtics Nation and all these guys are going all hell-bent over Kyrie Irving and the the winning record that they have at the moment. Now, look at, granted, what they have done is very impressive. They have now won 16 in a row. They're looking like studs. This is after an 0-2 start. They have now whipped off 16 straight. But, guys, can we relax, please, for the life of us? Just relax a little bit. Look at nothing to take away from a 16-1 game streak. They beat the Warriors. They have some good wins here. But it is November. It's not February, March, April, May, June, July. It's, it's November. All right? And Kyrie Irving right now is playing on unreal levels. Nobody really anticipated this. Coming into the season, you know, especially after the first game when uh, when Gordon got hurt. So what they're doing is impressive, but let's relax here. All right, we're not even, we're what, one quarter of the way, not even a quarter of the way through the season. We'll let things fall out. Kyrie Irving's going to come back to earth a little bit. He, it's virtually impossible for them to keep it up. They're also relying heavily on some rookies and some inexperienced guys. They're going to fall back down to earth. But congrats on the Baltimore Celtics for being your first quarter winners of the season. Kudos to you. But but please, please, let's take this with a grain of context here. It's only the first 18 games of the season. So, yeah, yeah, you know, touch yourself a little, little tug yourself here and there for a job well done in your first 18 games. But it, let's face it, it means nothing. It means nothing. The Celtics have always been a great regular season team since Brad Stevens really took over, but it doesn't translate to any type of any type of wins in the postseason. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Yeah. Also, what what are the Cavs doing? LeBron James right now is playing the most minutes in the NBA. 
the most men. The guy, the guy is like thirty something. He has play, he has more miles on those legs than anybody else in the NBA. Yet the Cleveland Cavaliers are playing this guy like thirty, like thirty four minutes a game, thirty five minutes a game. He has most minutes in the NBA. I, eventually, the wheels will have to fall off for this guy. Right, like, there's no way this is sustainable over 82 games of playing this guy this much and having him, you know, keep playing. That honestly, it's one of his best seasons statistically that he's ever had. But you know, I guess what the hell do I know? We know LeBron is going to take like a nice little mini vacation to Miami in the middle of the season. During and in just the the Cavs will fall apart for about four or five games until he comes back, and that's all good and wild. And then if we go over to the Western Conference, how bad are the Thunder right now? I mean, they got the, the trio, right, of uh, PG-13 and Westbrook, but isn't Carmelo Anthony like the kryptonite of any NBA team anywhere? I mean, everywhere Carmelo Anthony goes, he's just kryptonite. The team's going to suck and lose. I, I don't I don't get it. I, I, don't, I don't even really try to get it, but... You know they're they're averaging you know plus four point six points differential a, a game, but they're seven and nine. They're on the outside looking in on the playoffs. So what a joke that is. But at the end of the day, look, there's so much. I mean, I, I said about the the Celtics. We're in November. Nobody gives a shit. Uh, it, you know, there's a lot of basketball to be played with. So let's not get high or low about any of these NBA teams. I will say for my Sixers that Ben Simmons is looking like a stud, uh, clear-cut favorite to win Rookie of the Year. Um, he doesn't look like a rookie. I know he had to, took a red shirt in the season. And why I'm on this point, I hate the national media and how they rip the Sixers for the red shirts and the injured guys that you the injured guys that we do have. You can't help it. Fultz now gets hurt with the shoulder. That does scare me. I don't know what's going on with that. But the kid's 19 years old. He's 19 years old playing professional sports. How about we all take a chill pill a little bit? How, let's take this time. I, I've been learning meditation myself. How about let's do this for a quick second. One big deep breath. Exhale. And relax. Let's not get too high and too low on anything that's happening in the NBA at this moment. I actually enjoy the fact that the Rockets... Uh, seems like they might be actually somebody that can compete against the Warriors. Again, only 17 games into it, but that's fun. We'll see. We'll see what happens with that. So, you know, basketball is back. NBA is back. It's fun. You know, everybody was so high on the Milwaukee Bucks, but they're sitting at eight and eight right now. The Greek freak. Everybody was praising him, getting on down both knees and doing whatever they do to the Greek freak, but. Look it. If, if you want to be in consideration for the MVP, you have to be better. You have to be better than an eight and eight record at this moment, especially in the East. I mean, the Eastern Conference is a lot like the AFC right now in the NFL. You got maybe one or two good teams and lots of mediocrity after that. So, good job, Celtics. You're doing great, but you're in you're in a soft conference, like everybody else in the East. And at the end of the day, you're not even a quarter way through. So how about we all just like take a step back and relax a little bit here? But you know, as it sits now, Celtics are 
four games up already on the Raptors, which is the second seed. You know, Raptors sitting 11-5. Nobody's really talking about them. I think the Pistons right now are one of the surprise teams in the Eastern Conference. I think they would come back down to earth a little bit. And, um, you know, that's all I'll say about the Eastern Conference. For the Western Conference, you got Rockets, Warriors, Spurs, 1-2-3. I think that's how everybody envisioned that going. It's finally nice to see the Minnesota Timberwolves are actually in the picture. They have a lot of studs. They got, you know, they got Butler coming in. They got Thibodeau now as a coach. You know, they had Anthony Carl Towns and Wiggins. And, you know, finally, finally, these guys are are starting to produce at the level that we anticipated them at. So good for them. And I'm actually also happy for the Pelicans. You know, that Anthony Davis, the DeMarcus Cousins, they're, they're an interesting team. I don't know if, if, they're even going to get out of the first round if they make it in the playoffs. But they're fun to watch. They have two exciting big men. And, uh, yeah, good for them. But, you know, right now, I think the biggest disappointment is Oklahoma City Thunder. Second dis- dis- disappointment is Lonzo Ball. Kind of been a disaster out there in Lakerland uh, recently. And kind of everything else. Uh, I guess Clippers would be my third biggest disappointment. They were they were going to be in trouble when they lost uh you know, um, Chris Paul, like we all knew they were going to, you know, be in a little bit of trouble, but I don't think anybody anticipated 5-11. and 11. And, you know, you don't want to really call for anybody's head, but Doc Rivers, this might be his last year. Don't see, I don't see Doc Rivers really making it through the year uh, with the Clippers as it is. I think that team needs to blow it up and rebuild totally from scratch because they are lost without a point guard. And I just don't think they have the pieces in place to actually put forth a competitive team there on the court. So we'll see what happens in the NBA. Um, but I just want to touch base on that as that we were about two months into the season. Some interesting shit going on. But uh, everybody, just take a big, big breath, relax, and uh, we'll, we'll actually see where the where the stuff ends up here. And we'll we'll touch base here in a couple more weeks and see what we got. I also want to move on here to some college football. I'm not going to touch on the MLB. Um, I don't know the last time we actually were on here, but the Astros won the World Series. It was a fun, entertaining seven games. But we're not in baseball season, so I'm not touching on baseball season. But I will. I do want to go into college football because there's a lot of crazy stuff happening right now. Um, I'm going to start with Chip Kelly. Why? Because, you know, it has some old Eagles ties was kind of a disaster when his time in Philly, but his name is getting called big time right now with some of the college football vacancies that are out there. The two biggest one, UCLA and Florida. I, I, you know, maybe Chip Kelly (laughs) listens to this podcast. Maybe he doesn't, but I would advise to stay away from Florida. Look, he wasn't good with the media in Philadelphia. And, and I would equate like the university of Florida, their media and their boosters are if not the same, more concentrated, more focused on the Florida Gators than pretty much any university in college football at the moment. I mean, the two best coaches that Florida has had in their history, and, and honestly, I can't believe I'm quoting Tim Tebow here because he's a little bit of a doofus too, but Florida boosters and Florida media and, and everything surrounding the University of Florida football program they pushed out the two best coaches that they have in their history, Steve Spurrier and Urban Meyer. 
both those guys walked away from the job due to the 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 culture of you know Florida football. I don't see Chip Kelly lasting long in that situation. He's not very he's not a very personable guy. He rubs some people the wrong way. I'm not saying he's not a bad guy. I I never think Chip Kelly's a bad guy. Just that situation in general, I, I just I don't think it's that lavish of a place to be. I don't think it's very desirable. There is a lot of external bullshit that you have to do at the University of Florida. Um, and that's just and the, that's the type of stuff Chip Kelly has never been good at. So if I'm Chip, I'm looking at I'm going back to the Pac-12. I mean, UCLA, Jim Moore lasts six years there. Um, and it, it's it, the the type of players you recruit out west that that brand of football it fits better with Chip Kelly. And honestly, I would love for Chip Kelly to be back in the Pac-12 again. I think he's entertaining. I love the offenses that he runs. It could be fun, but if I'm Chip and I'm getting my number called, I'm staying away from Florida. I would must much rather see him in UCLA or even Tennessee. Now, Tennessee, still SEC football. You still have that the boosters and some of the situations that you do down in Florida, but it's not as severe or, or you know, just awful as it is in Florida. So, you know, my, my prediction, if Chip Kelly – Goes to UCLA, I think he's, he's competing for a Pac-12 championship within his first two years. If he goes to Florida, I think he's out in three. And that's just my prediction. Um, not a huge expert in college football, but I do watch enough when I can. No thanks to Sarah. <laughs> uh, but Chip Kelly, go back to the Pac-12, be successful, go to Florida, and, and, and they'll, they'll burn you at the stake before you even get started. Also, when it comes to burning people at the stake, Baker Mayfield, the national media is having a field day with him right now. The dude grabbed his own crotch. And, and like, you know, I, it's look at there's type of individuals out there that that have a very they they have a, a little screw loose, they but they need an edge to compete at the the level that Baker Mayfield competes, right? I, I don't know why we're getting all up in arms in this. I don't, I don't get why this is something that we haven't seen before. I mean, a, a, a quarterback that's a little bit nasty, that talks a lot of shit during the game, that you know, that has a little bit of attitude. We're, act, we're acting like Baker Mayfield is the first person or the first quarterback to ever do something like this. I mean, I'm not going to point out names or where, where I've seen it, but I know of quarterbacks that have talked shit at the line of scrimmage, telling the defensive linemen where the, where the offense is running the ball. They run the ball to that spot, and then the quarterback tells the defense that they suck, and they told them where the ball was going to go, and they still couldn't stop them. I mean, there, there's some people that need that, that edge, that cockiness, to be able to elevate their, their game and, and their competitiveness. I don't, you know, them benching him for the first I don't know. They said they're not starting him. We don't really know how long they're going to bench him for. And then the I think I saw today the Big 12 came out and, and crucified him as well and, and, and you know reprimanded him on his actions. Can we just relax? These are 18 to 22-year-old kids. They're out there competing. They're competing, making these schools millions of dollars. Allow them to have something. 
And if that's something that's a little bit of attitude or a little bit of character, look, it, you don't have to like it, but just let these kids be kids. I don't get why, why we have to be so up in arms about anything that these kids do. I mean, he, just, just, let them, just let them play. They're doing, they're doing it for free. They get cool shit and get a scholarship. I get it. But, like, they're making you millions of dollars. Just let the kids be kids and let them play. I don't get why we get so up in arm about these shenanigans, the stuff that is irrelevant. Look at if they if if Kansas didn't like him grabbing his crotch and, and, and tell him to f you across the sidelines, how about you stop him? How about you give him a reason to shut his mouth? But KU didn't do that, and you know what? Let the kid be. I mean, Jameis Winston is now accused of grabbing the crotch of a female Uber. And we're not talking to him about it, but Baker Mayfield's grabbing his own dick in front of 75,000 fans and another couple million watching watching the stadiums, and we get all up in arms about it. Let's 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 take a chill pill, people. Uh, this is this is getting a little too far here. So, and then the college playoffs are, are you know are kind of sh- taking the shape. You know, there's still a lot of movement that can be made, but as we said. Right now, we got Alabama, Miami, Clemson, Oklahoma. I think right now that is that is the clear top four. And then you have like a Wisconsin and Auburn lurking in there. I would love to see what the committee does if Wisconsin wins out. I think it's a taller cast than what people, you know, they have that big, they have that Big Ten championship. But I would, it would be really interesting to see if Wisconsin went undefeated in the Big Ten to see what the committee does with that. I mean, do they jump Oklahoma-Clemson? Oklahoma-Clemson to have one loss uh, if Wisconsin goes out and wins the Big Ten? I, I, I don't know. I think it's fun. I, I would love to see the madness because let's, let's admit it. No matter what happens in the college football top four, we're going to be up in arms and outraged about it, right? We're always going to find a reason to knock, knock, the committee for whatever actions they've done. So my suggestion is to, to, you know, my suggestion is just don't put yourself in that position. I mean, Wisconsin really hasn't done anything out of conference schedule to help them out wise. Now they can't do anything that the big 10, the big 10 West that they're in kind of, kind of sucks for lack of a better term. They did beat Iowa and Michigan in back-to-back weeks that were ranked opponents. But, I mean, if we look at it now, I think Michigan fell out of the top 25. And I'm looking now, and so so did Iowa. So it's not like, you know, it, Wisconsin has one of the worst strength of schedules in the top, has the worst strength of schedule in the top 10. I wouldn't have a problem to see them not get in the committee or not get in the playoffs. But... I honestly, I'm kind of interested in a Wisconsin-Alabama first-round matchup. It might be the most boring football game you will ever see, but I'm for some reason I'm really intrigued by seeing what, seeing if Wisconsin can do anything in that game. But we'll see, we'll see. So college football, as always, I'm just happy Penn State, you know, lost twice. You know, love the fact that they lost to Michigan State on that game. I mean, situations were kind of fluky. Look at weather is a great equalizer in any college football game. That Matt Michigan State Penn State game was a disaster. I think there was a delay for four hours, um, but at the end of the day, you still have to play the football game. 
Penn State went out. They lost two in a row. Both games they lost were on the road as well. Um, so, you know, kind of happy about that. And, you know, we'll move on. So, you know, the NFL, you know, turning in, uh, shifting our focus here to the NFL. First and foremost, we couldn't have two bigger differences between the NFC and the AFC at, at the moment. Um, with that being said, I kind of alluded to in the past, the AFC reminds me so much of the Eastern Conference right now in, in the NBA. You know, you have two, I think in the AFC, you have two teams that is going to come down. It's going to come down to the Steelers and Pittsburgh. I mean, the Steelers and the Patriots. Um, it, it's just amazing how many times the Patriots can basically moonwalk their way into the Super Bowl. Look, at, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm, actually I am. Like, the AFC, majority of the time, the Patriots have gone on this dynasty. There's only been one, maybe two teams at the most in the AFC that, that actually can threaten them. And the AFC this year, I think, I think is one of the worst years AFC has ever had. I mean, the fact that you have a 7-3 Jaguars team that is the third seed right now in the AFC is all you really know to, need to know about the state of the AFC at the moment. You have, if we pull this up here, you have, like if you're four and six right now in the AFC, you still you still have a shot of getting in. And it's absolutely insane. You, you have a five and five, pretty mediocre, pretty mediocre um, Baltimore Ravens team that is sitting right now inside the playoff picture. I mean, if, 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 it would end today. The Steelers would be your one seed. Your Pats would be your two seed. You, your your Jaguars would be your three seed that will host the Ravens on wild card, uh, wild card weekend. And you have a like a baffling, awful Chiefs. You know the Chiefs. What they start off so hot, and now everybody's catching up to them. The defensive injuries are finally catching up to them. You just watch that team. I mean, you just watch that team, and you're kind of disgusted a little bit versus a very mediocre 6-4 and four Titans team, which is the fifth seed. So you're two wildcard. I mean, ill, ill. I mean, you have Bills are 5-5. Five and five. I mean, no, they completely. Look, I don't want to say they dicked up that quarterback situation because Tyrod Taylor has been signed off many times from not just this current coaching staff and general manager, but the but the previous regime. regime. Tyrod Taylor is not a franchise quarterback. Tyrod Taylor did probably deserve to be benched, and I know that's a, I, I don't think that that's hot of a take, but he deserved it. Yeah, he, he deserved. You know, he wasn't he wasn't great. He's very conservative, but. My thing was Tyrod Taylor was he, he kind of fit the Bills mold here. Look, if the Bills weren't going to win any games giving up forty points, they were not going to win any games giving up thirty points. You, if you're the Bills, you had to play great defense. Hopefully, Tyrod Taylor can make two or three plays on his legs on third down and, and throw the ball once or twice open to a good wide, like a wide open wide receiver. That was the Bills' game plan. If the Bills score twenty to twenty four or twenty eight points. That should be good enough for them to win the game. They're not going to win any games coming in a shootout. The Dolphins are four and six, but I'm writing them off. They're the worst four and six. I mean, they're awful. They're gonna 
they're not going to win another game this year. That's not a hot take. That's fact. They're going to they're going to be they're going to be four and twelve by the, the end of the season. You have you have Jets, Bengals, Texans, Chargers, Raiders are all there too at four and six. Raider, I, Raiders just fired their DC, which okay, good for you, buddy. But that team came out flat. I mean, flat, flat, flat. They had two weeks. They had two weeks to prep. For the Patriots in Mexico City, they stayed home, they took a week off, and they came out flat. I mean, I don't, it could be your DC. I mean, you probably, you started to screw up when you fired your offensive coordinator at the end of last year. But, okay, then you fire your DC. Jack Del Nero, or whatever his name, I mean, he's probably going to get another year, but that team was so lackluster. The Chargers here are 4-6 now. They're playing they're playing Thanksgiving here against the Cowboys. They're very depleted Cowboys that came off a very, very devastating loss against my Eagles. But anyway, I mean, if you're four and six, you still got a shot at. You're only a game out of the wild card picture. So Bills, they don't they're out. I don't give a shit that they're five and five. They're done. Dolphins, done. Jets, the fact that they have four wins already. Very impressive, but they're done. So I'm looking at the Bengals. <sighs> maybe. I don't maybe. The Texans, I'm sorry, Tom Savage is not gonna get it done. No. So it goes out so I, I honestly feel for the sixth seed in the in the AFC, it comes down to the Ravens, which have it right now. Bengals, Chargers. I don't I'm not mm-mm. Maybe the Raiders. But just talk about a, a bunch of mediocrity. I mean, these teams, they don't suck, but they're not good. I mean, and I could say that about the Chiefs, Titans, and the fact that the Jaguars are 7-3. Blake Bortle is going to cost them a playoff win. You heard it here for Actually, no, you didn't hear it first because everybody else has been saying it, and it's true. Blake Bortles is going to cost this team. Uh, a playoff win, but the fact that the Jaguars are seven three right now, they are playing great defense. I wouldn't mind seeing the Jaguars' defense against the uh, the Patriots' offense. I mean, if the Jaguars want any shot of winning that game, it's going to have to be like thirteen to ten. But uh, it might be an interesting matchup. And then you got the Colts three and seven, Broncos three and seven. Broncos don't know what they're doing at quarterback. Colts, you know, this is Chuck Pagano's last year there. And the Browns. Question is, I mean, I mean, out of the AFC, who do we, like? If I look at it, you know, I think John Harbaugh is on the hot seat. I think they really need to get the sixth seed in order to stay. McDermott at the Bills, not. I, I think he saved this his first year. Now he really debacled this quarterback situation, but um, I still think you give him time. You got Adam Gase there at the Dolphins. I think he stays. I think this is second year. First year got the playoffs. Second year, you can maybe you can make an argument that the team Hill injury um, really hurt your team. So he stays. You have to give Bowles. You have to give Bowles more time with the Jets. That 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 is like the the Sixers Brett Brown situation for the last four years. You just gotta let him build that program. He's a good coach. I really like Bowles. The fact that the Jets are four and six and they're still in it. They're still in it. I don't see him going anywhere. But Marvin Lewis, 
at the Bengals, it might it might be his time. It might be time for him to kind of move on. I don't think they've won a playoff game since he's been there. The Bengals, I mean, if you listen to Coach Coach and I at the beginning of the season, we were really high on the Bengals. Kind of shame on me, but you know, I I I was there were more people that were expecting a lot of big things from the Bengals, and they just haven't delivered. If they make a late season push, maybe that's enough for Lewis to save his job. But uh, I don't know. You got the Texans. I don't see O'Brien go anywhere. I don't even know. Oh, is they um this new guy the Chargers? I think you still give him time. Jack Del Nero Raiders. Eh. Wouldn't surprise me if he's gone, but I think the Raiders at least want consistency until they make that move to Las Vegas. Now, if if that team isn't good by the time they they move to the to Vegas, I believe they have one more year there. I think I think the two thousand eighteen season is last year in Oakland. I, I think they keep Jack there, but if he has another another season like this season, uh, I think they fire him and have a fresh new look going to Las Vegas. There's no way Chuck Pagano stays. I think Vance Joseph of the Broncos could be one of those surprising fires at the end of the season. Right now in Vegas, they're over under seven and a half games or seven and a half head coaches being fired at the end of the season. I think Vance Joseph could be one of those surprises where they, they make a switch. That team looks lost. I, they're three and seven. They don't like their defense should be able to win them more games than that. I don't give a. They could have me back there at quarterback. They should still be better than three and seven. Don't want you know. I think they might make a change here. And then Hugh Jackson is a big question mark to me because again, this is another Brett Brown, Brett Brown of the Sixers. Like, do you let him develop a program? But some you know, especially against I think it was the Colts, the goal line situation as time was expiring in the first half. Like, they just don't look like a well coached team. So, I, I think. I think Hughes should stay. I you just you haven't given this guy a lot. Hughes should stay, but I you know I I think he probably in the culture of the NFL, especially when you see some of these kids like the the kid head coach of the Rams, uh, Sean McVay, with a, a complete turnaround from last season this season. I think the culture in the NFL right now has has. Hugh Jackson getting fired, and I don't think it's fair, but I, I do see that happening. So, of the AFC, the AFC sucks. Patriots are in the Super Bowl, and uh, we'll leave it at that. And then, if we if we take a little snapshot here of the of the NFC, it is the wild, wild west. So you have you have the Eagles are standalone nine at one, but like they're nine and one, and they only have a game in hand on on home field advantage to the Vikings and the Saints. And I tell you this, both teams scare me. Like, I, I'm not with the Eagles, Vikings, Saints, I think those are your 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 two three biggest teams here in, in the NFC. All three teams are capable of going into the other stadium and winning. I, I truly believe that. With that being said, I do think there is an extreme importance of having home field advantage, especially in the NFC. Vikings are tough at home. Saints are tough at home. They both play in domes. So, Eagles, out of your top three teams in NFC, if you can get home field advantage with your crowd and an outside environment that you're used to playing with, I think that gives you enough of leg to be to be able to beat the Vikings and Saints. 
you know, but with the other with the other teams that are in it right now, you have the Rams are seven to three. Now they just went to Minnesota and lost. They got off to a seven nothing lead that I think Vikings scored twenty four unanswered points. Look at the Vikings are have great defense and they're great up front. They have the best offensive line and coach. They can run the ball. They they can give Keenan protection and Thien and Diggs is a nice one two punch on the outside. The not overly impressive on the offensive side of the ball. Defense is great enough, and they're making enough plays on offense to, well, to, to be scary. Same with the Saints. I mean, they, you know, I made a joke about the, the Saints defense at, at the beginning of the year, but was I totally wrong on that? But more, more, more impressive than their defense is the fact that the, the, the way they're running the ball, they got rid of AP. And and that that offense just started to click, right? So now they're sitting at eight and two. They are they are actually right now your third seed. So how it stands right now in the NFC is Eagles one, Vikings two, Saints three, Rams four, and then now the wild card is also interesting here. So you got you got three NFC. Can't believe this. You got three NFC Souths. So this is the coach said this at the beginning of the year and I, I kind of laughed him off of this but you got three NFC South teams here in, in, in the playoff pictures you got I'm so I don't know which is the worst seven and three teams the Panthers or the Jaguars the, the fact that the Panthers are seven and three is quite mind-boggling I will take the Panthers 10 out of 10 times give me the Panthers on the same token give me the Falcons I'm not impressed by either of those teams I get it the Falcons just came off a win at Seattle, but I'm not going to act like it's an impressive win. I mean, Seahawks defense is all beat up. They gave 30, I, they gave up 31 points to the Seahawks, which can, can I go on the record here? I hate, I hate, I hate the Seahawks offense. It is, it is Russell Wilson jerking off, running around for 10 seconds and throwing the ball to some guy that opened. It's the most, it's not real football. The Seahawks do not play real football, they, they, or at least on offense. They run this dickhead flag football bullshit where he just runs around and just throws off the ball and, like, God somehow beans down in the stadium and guides the ball into one of the receivers' hands. The Seahawks don't scare me. You get, you get a front four that can get after um, Russell. You get an athletic linebacker, too. You can shut this team down. I, I, if the Seahawks get into, if the Seahawks get in the playoffs and play the Saints, the Vikings, or Eagles, I can guarantee you the Seahawks are scoring less than seventeen points. Their offense sucks. It's not a real offense. Ugh. But anyway, I digress. You got you got the Falcons here, a sixth seed at six and four. Panthers fifth seed at seven and three. But you got you got a big you got kind of a cluster here. You got the Lions and Seahawks are also outside looking in, sitting at six and four. Packers done, Cowboys done, Redskins done. Man, talk about the Redskins. How wrong was I on Ty- um, what uh, Terrell Pryor? I drafted Terrell Pryor in like the fourth round. I was so high on this guy. I was so high on Terrell. I saw him last year when he was in a Cleveland Brown uniform. He was huge. He, I, I, you know, I got fixated on him. I'm like Terrell Pryor. He's my man. I'm following him in the promised land. He ended up this season. He's now on the IR. He just they announced that he's now on the IR. He ended up with 240 yards and a touchdown for the year. Woof! 
man, was I wrong on that. Kind of pisses me off, but, oh, Redskins, done. Cardinals, done. Bears, done. Giants, done. 49ers, done. So, so, but in the NFC, uh, you just, it's a wild west. I can, I can see Eagles, Vikings, Saints, Rams. I can't see the Panthers or Falcons getting, getting to the Super Bowl in that division. I can see those top four. I can see, I don't see the Seahawks or Lions either, but I, I tell you, you know, they could be tough outs. And Stafford's been playing better as of after that bye. But it's a wild, wild west. And so if we look like, Look at jobs that are on the line in the NFC. I think Garrett goes after this year. Look at Jerry Jones is a man possessed at the moment. He is a man possessed. He's being an asshole. He's being a dickhead. But I guess we shouldn't really act that surprised from Jerry Jones. But he knows time is one going out. You can't you can't do as much blow and screw as many hookers as Jerry Jones has without dying an early death. So Jerry Jones, he knows his ticker is running out here soon. He wants a Super Bowl. That's why he's going after Goodell. That's why that's that's why he's acting like a, a bat straight out of hell. Um I think Garrett goes. I think I think he goes after a big ticket head coach here to try to try to get one last Super Bowl before he croaks. Um with the Packers What's his face? Nah, I think he's gone too. I mean, he's been there a while. They had a good runs, but you need to do more with. I you can't do anything about Aaron Rodgers breaking his collarbone, but over the last couple of years, you need to be able to do more with one the best quarterback in the NFL at the moment. I think Jay Gruden is going to be an interesting one. I think he goes as well. Um, Dan Snyder really doesn't have the patience for head coaches like this. Um, not two two very unsuccessful years. I think he gets um I think he gets axed. Bruce Arians. Cardinals. Yeah, he's gone. Um same situation, right? Like that team just hasn't been consistent enough, I feel, over the last two years. Um the Buccaneers have a new coach. They're four and six. I think they're they've actually won two in a row here. I think he's safe. I think he's safe for um for the time being, but that w- that's kind of on the line for me. John Fox has to go. John Fox of the Bears has to go. I mean that that team is inept. You got a new rookie quarterback that has shown actually some promise. Trubisky's shown some promise, but you you, you need an offensive minded coach in there that actually can develop him. Especially like Sean McVay of the Rams has screwed it all for any new head coach for the next 10 years because people now owners are expecting a quick turnaround. They're expecting offensive minded coaches. John Fox is gone. If you're the giants, I don't know why Ben Mack. I look at, I get to beat the chiefs, but the chiefs right now are playing like on a wooden peg. So I, I, I think Ben, ben McIndoo has lost that locker room. I think him and Jerry Reese in the front office might be gone, but I think Ben definitely needs to go. Jerry Reese at least brought you two Super Bowl rings. And then Kyle Shanahan, 49ers, he, he's safe. I don't think I don't think he get into it. You know, him and John Lynch both have like five to seven-year contracts. Uh, they're not going anywhere for a while. So 
that's you know that's that's right now the NFC picture. What what I anticipate happened in the NFC is the the winner of the NFC has to be fourteen and two. I you know if if the Eagles can can kind of win out or only have one hiccup here, I think they're fine. Uh, interesting matchup. You, the Eagles have the Bears this week. We'll get into that a little bit. Um, they have the Bears this week, but then they're on the road for three games in a row. Seahawks, that's going to be a Sunday night game. Then they follow that up with at the, the L.A. Rams. That could be a big game as well, especially for the NFC playoff picture. And then they're at the Giants. Now, I think the Giants are a divisional game. They're always going to be a tough out. Um, but uh, those those three those three teams are um, I mean those three games are, are really going to come down to it and, and we'll see what uh, we have there. So I guess if we get right into the games, we'll start here with uh, the traditional Turkey Day game. So we're starting twelve thirty. Minnesota is at Detroit, which is huge for the playoff picture right now. So uh, Detroit wins this; they put themselves into I they move themselves into position to capture that fifth or sixth wild card seed and they actually move one game closer to actually went in the NFC North which you know would put the Minnesota Vikings at eight and three and the uh, Detroit Lions at at seven and four right now Detroit is plus three so they're a home dog on Turkey Day this is a Thursday I mean Thursday night games in general is I'll take the home dogs majority of the time just because it's a quick turnaround for Minnesota or for any team. Go on the road, fly, fly to wherever they're flying to, and then playing the home team on, on short rest. Um, so, you know what? I'll, I'll take Detroit plus three in this game. I'm really interested to see the outcome of this game because it could be it could be a lot of fun, and I think we'll learn a little bit. We'll learn more about what both teams have to offer. If Minnesota blows out Detroit, then 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 Detroit was who we thought they were. Now, if Detroit beats Minnesota, you know this is copycat lead. So does Detroit actually expose something on defense that Minnesota uh, that now teams start using against Minnesota for the future for, for future games? I don't know. It's going to be a good cat and mouse game. It'll be a chess match. I do think this game is going to be close. Because of that, I'll take Detroit plus three. And then here we go. We got the the Chargers are at Dallas. The spread is even. It is a, the the four thirty game. You know, I think the question to this is is Ty- Tyron Smith play? Because um, Sean Lee's not walking through that door. Ezekiel Elliott is not walking through that door. But the the Cowboys did run fairly good against the Eagles, which is a, a very good run stopping team. If Dallas can put if they can put 120, 140 yards on the ground, if they can really pound the rock and then really use that play action off Dak, I have them winning this game. Um, so I'll, I'll take I'll take at even I'll take Dallas home here. Against the Chargers, I anticipate this being like a 24-21 type of game, um, and, and but we'll see. I mean, look, if Dallas loses, I'll be laughing my ass off. I mean, that's always the goal, but um, I, I, I do see Dallas winning this game at home. Jerry Jones will pay off the refs or something there. I don't, I don't know. Um, again, 
Giants at Washington. Who gives a shit, really? Moving on. I mean, I mean, Washington is seven and a half point favorites there. Thinks that's fair. But if you're the Redskins, if you're the Redskins, you're sitting at four and five. You have the fifteen point lead on the Saints away, and you blow that. Like, screw you, Washington. Screw you. Who gives a shit about the game? Moving on. Another game nobody gives a shit about is Tennessee is at Indianapolis. Uh, Indianapolis is three and a half point favorites. Titans are, look at, Titans are sitting at six and four, but let's not kid ourselves. They're, they're slightly above mediocrity. Slightly above. Only slightly above mediocrity. Yeah, I'll take the Titans here. I'll take the Titans here. So, okay. What else we got here? We got we got Carolina. <laughs> uh, we got Carolina at at the Jets. Fun. This is fun, guys. Do we care about this? Jets are pl- plus four. Sixty point nine percent of the action is going with Carolina away dogs. You know what? I'm going Jets here plus four. I'm going Jets. You know why? Because Carolina is the most fraudulent 7-3 team that we have at the moment. Jets plus four, but, like, ill. Yo, is it just me or all these games suck this Sunday? You got Cleveland at Cincinnati. Nobody cares. Cincinnati is what? Minus eight at home against the Browns? And, you, honestly, you have to take it. <laughs> you got Atlanta. Is hosting the Bucks. That's another one o'clock game. That the Atlanta's ten point favorites in this game. Seriously, ten points against the Bucks. I mean, Atlanta six and four. Tampa Bay's four and seven. I'll take Bucks. Thank you. I'll take Bucks plus plus ten there. Look it. Don't Atlanta sucks. They're not good. They're they're okay. They're acting like they, I, Julio Jones came out and said they got their swagger back. Like, no, you didn't. You're still a shitty football team. You beat up on a shitty defense that's missing three of their best four players. You didn't get your swagger back. You're still shitty. Don't kid yourself. All right. On to New England. They're hosting them Dolphins. <laughs> oh, this is great. New England is 17-point favorites at home against Miami, and you have to eat it. You have to. I mean, look at I, I I criticized the Patriots defense at the beginning of the year because they were worth getting criticized for because they were they were shitty. Um, but with that being said, they've been playing really well lately. Uh, I think that's why people are are projecting them to, uh, you know, be in the Super Bowl again. I'll I'll take I'll take New England minus seventeen. Um, we got the Bills at the Chiefs. I, you know, the Chiefs right now are ten point favorites at home. Like, fair. I, I think who do the Bills start at quarterback? And does it really matter? Let me think about this. No, it doesn't matter. Actually, but I mean, the Chiefs have the Chiefs haven't been playing great. They just went on the road to the Giants and lost. I mean, the Chiefs need to get back to the running game. I say that because I'm a Kareem Hunt owner in fantasy. Also because, I mean, Andy Reid is doing what Andy Reid does. Congratulations, Andy Reid, for being Andy Reid. Um, but, yeah, so that's fun. Uh, 
Hold up. Quick intermission. Get in the call. I'll be right back. Okay, I'm back. Apologize for that. Business never sleeps. But where was I? I was at the Bills Chiefs. I mean, Chiefs are 10 points favorites in this game. I'll take the I'll take the Chiefs just because I have that much less faith in the Bills and we'll move on. Uh next game here, Eagles Bears. Kind of seems like a trap game, but there there's just something about this Eagles team that all they want to do is win a championship. They're all in it for themselves. I feel like, you know, as an Eagles fan, I keep on waiting for this team to regress back to their norm. Right? I, I just especially, you know, the Cowboys game, they were down nine seven at at halftime, I'm just kind of anticipating a letdown performance, and then they come out and score 30 on points in the second half. Something about this Eagles team that just feels different. They're 13 and a half point favorites. They have scored 30 points in four straight games. You know, the Bears defense isn't bad, but at home, I kind of anticipating the norm. I'll take the Eagles minus 13 and a half, even though that's a lot of points to give up in the NFL. Moving on here to the four o'clock games on Sunday. Now, please know that I'm recording this Tuesday. So the lines just come out. There's going to be a lot of movement over the next couple of days, but I'm not going to be recording this on Thanksgiving. Why? Because I'm going to be eating turkey, drinking beer, and watching some football. So, and plus, I'm at Sarah's family's place. So, you know, I have no idea if I'll be even watching football, but at least so there will be a beer and turkey. So anyway, Seahawks are at the 49ers. San Fran, seven-point home dogs in this matchup. I, this is interesting. It's an interesting line. I I think the Seahawks' bullshit offense will score more points, enough points to cover the spread. But I, I, I think the 49ers will put up points on that. Now, it's not going to be... It's not going to be a lot. I, I Maybe the 49ers score 21, 24 points, but Russell Wilson running around, throwing the ball up to God um, will be enough here to score, I think, cover the spread. I'll take the Seahawks here, uh, minus seven on the road. Very, very fun game. I think this is going to be the matchup of the weekend. We got the New Orleans Saints here are on the road at the Rams. The Rams are... Two and a half point favorites in this matchup. Where again, we're going to learn a lot of, about both of these teams here in this game. Rams, tough loss at the Vikings. Saints, huge comeback against the bullshit Redskins at the end of um, with like two minutes to play in that game. What the game's going to come down to the Rams defensive line if they can stop stop the Saints running attack. Ingram. Is basically right between the tackles. They, Akara, a court. I don't even know how to pronounce his name, but he's the outside back there. They they are dominant running attack, and then you still have Drew Brees throwing the football around. It's a very balanced offense. It's a very scary offense for the Saints, but you can say the same about the Rams. Um, I just don't think Jared Goff will have enough to get it done in this matchup. I, I anticipate the Saints are going up. The nine and two, and the Rams falling down to nine and four. It's not to knock the, down the Rams. I still think the Rams are a good team, so 
but I think the Saints, Vikings, Eagles are the 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 three-headed monster in the NFC. Uh, with the Rams kind of lagging behind, I'll take the Saints plus two and a half in this ball game on the road against the Rams. Jaguar Cardinals, nobody cares. Jags seven and three. The you know seventy. Uh, they have on number five. They have a seventy point six percent win probability. I think the Cardinals are starting Blaine Gabbert. Um, I'll probably Cardinals are favored, or I mean Cardinals are home dogs, four and a half points as of right now. The over under is a shitty thirty eight. Snooze fest, but I think the Jaguars will win this game like twenty to ten or seventeen to seven. Um, low scoring, Jags cover on the road, and it's going to be the most boring game you see in a long time. Broncos, Raiders, Broncos are at the Raiders. Both teams are kind of in this purgatory right now. Um, Raiders just fired their DC. I do not know how that's playing. The Broncos are starting Paxton Lynch finally. Um, Oakland's minus five in this game. I'll take Broncos. I don't know. I don't. I don't care. I'm moving on. Stupid game. Packers Steelers. Another stupid game. Steelers are 14 point favorites at home against a shitty Packers team. I'll probably take Steelers plus 14 or minus 14 there. Hudley has done nothing. Then talk about you got your money. You know ESPN wondering why the Ravens sucks because they have a Texans Raven matchup on Monday night. The Texans uh, are. Uh, Seven-point dogs in this matchup on the Ravens. The Ravens are a lackluster five and five versus a very meh four and six. Texans, ah, do we care? I don't care. Do you care? Nah. So, ah, we'll, we'll take. I'll take the Ravens to cover at home in this matchup. So, overall, I think the I I think some of the best matchups of this weekend is the first matchup Thursday, 1230 Vikings at Lions. We'll figure out a lot what has to go with that team. Um, I also think the, um, where is it? The Saints at Rams are the best matchup of the weekend and everything else kind of stinks. It all stinks. Um, so that, you know, that that's NFL here. We are what week or week 12. Week 12 here. Um, we'll, we'll start learning more about these teams. I think we're actually starting to get a good understanding of what we can anticipate. AFC, to recap, AFC has two players, and that's it. You got the Steelers. You got the the Patriots. They're matching up on Week 15 together. That is probably going to be for home field advantage in the AFC. I think is a must-win for the Steelers, um, just because I don't think there's any shot that the Steelers – have of winning those ball games that they have to play in in Gillette Stadium when it comes to playoff time. Whereas, um, you know, the Patriots can win everywhere, especially on the road against the Steelers. And the Patriots, as of recent memory, um, has had the Steelers' number. So that's going to be a matchup. But the rest of the AFC stinks. Uh, the Jags are the three seed right now as it stands at seven and three they're just ground and pound and playing great defense but Blake Bortles if you say you have faith in Blake Bortles then I don't know I was trying to think of something good but you're just an idiot um and then the NFC is still it's still wide open I I'm an Eagles fan I have a lot of faith in the Eagles ah more faith in the Eagles than I have in recent memory 
Um, but what's it going to come down to is I, I think home field advantage in the NFC is going to be huge. Um, huge. Um, Vikings and Saints and Eagles can all go on the road and win. But I think if you can have home field advantage, especially against those top tier teams, I, I think it just gives you um, a little bit of advantage. And also, if 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 combination of one, two, three are Vikings, Eagles, Saints, I think that two, three matchup. It's important to have one of those teams beat up the other team in the divisional round before the conference championship. Whereas the one team, they're not going to get they're not going to get a pushover, but you do have an opportunity of one of those maybe wildcard teams that snuck in at the five and six team winning and then gives you more favorable matchups in the divisional rounds and kind of, I mean, it's not going to be breathing room, but if you can avoid the Saints or the Vikings or the Eagles in the divisional round, I think that does give you a step up. So that that's a recap of the NFL. To recap NBA, let's all relax a little bit. Celtics are doing well, but it's still November. It's a long season. Stop playing LeBron so many minutes. Carmelo Anthony is a kryptonite of all NBA basketball teams. Going to the college football, just let Baker Mayfield be Baker Mayfield. Eminem has made a living of grabbing his balls and telling F you to people. So let's just let Baker Mayfield do what Baker Mayfield does. And I would be very interested to see if everything holds steady. Um, you know, the, the, the playoff brackets just came out again. We're recording this on Tuesday. Nothing nothing changes in your top five. Um, <clears throat> so with that being said, uh, I, I'm, it would be very interesting to see what happens with the committee if Wisconsin is undefeated, wins the Big Ten, because um, I think there's a strong chance that they don't get in. That being said, everybody, thank you for listening. Please do not uh, get into some road rage incidents. On this Thanksgiving holiday week, I appreciate you taking the time to listen to me. I hope all is well. I'll talk to you sooner, soon, sooner, sooner than the last time. I, I promise there won't be another two, three week delay from the next conversation. And uh, we'll touch base and we'll see what changed. So I uh, appreciate it. Have a good one. Love you all. Bye bye.